Issues Etc. listeners are needed to vote for president of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. Every LCMS congregation has the right to vote through a pastoral and a lay voter, two voters per congregation or parish. Voter registration must be completed by midnight central on March 19th of 2023. Request to be a voter at your congregation for president of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. Learn more at issuesetc.org 2023 nominations. The following is an encore presentation of Issues Etc. There are certain hymns that, once you've heard them, they are permanently with you. I'm not talking about the kind of earworm that you want to get rid of. I'm kind. I'm talking about the kind of hymn that is with you. Its text, the those passages of Scripture from which it is drawn, are permanently with you, and it stays with you for your comfort. It comes back to you in times when you need it. The words become embedded in your way of thinking about the Christian faith. That is a good him, one drawn from Scripture, centered on Christ and His saving work, and one that stays with you. And on this Wednesday afternoon, August the 11th, we're going to be studying as the uh, third favorite of our listeners' hymns, one of those hymns, Lord, Thee I Love With All My Heart. Greetings and welcome to Issues Etc. Thanks for tuning us in. Joining us to discuss the hymn, Lord, Thee I Love With All My Heart, is Pastor Paul McCain. He's publisher and executive director of editorial for Concordia Publishing House, based in St. Louis. Paul, welcome back. It's great to be with you, Todd. This is a hymn that means a lot to a lot of people. What does this hymn mean to you? Well, I've got two vivid uh, thoughts about this hymn as they relate to me personally. First of all, uh, this was a hymn that was sung at my father's funeral, and of course very deeply meaningful uh, that way. Uh, But even more so, um, when I was a parish pastor, before every funeral, and I had a slew of them in the two years, two and a half years I was was there, I had about 15, 16 funerals, and um, before every funeral I would meet privately with the family, and I would always read the final stanza of this hymn as part of our pre-funeral devotions. And uh, you could have always heard a pin drop when I did that. And so it just has a lot of meaning to me as a pastor and as a person who appreciated it during my time of grief at my father's death. What are the major biblical themes that are running through this hymn, Lord, Thee I Love With All My Heart? I would say the most striking feature of it is is in uh, the third stanza where there's such a crystal clear confession of what the death is for a Christian and, and what it means to a Christian, and what happens on that last day when our Lord returns. It's such a beautiful uh, declaration of all the doctrinal truths we have in Scripture about, you know, what does happen to our human body at that point, uh, what what happens when we die, between the time we die and the time that, that uh, Christ returns. And it's just a very powerful uh, prayer, actually. The whole thing is a, is a prayer. It's sung directly to God, and it's such a beautiful devotional expression of trust in Christ. What do we know? Tell us about the the author and the composer of this hymn. Yeah, the uh, author's name is Pastor Martin Schalling, and uh, he was a student in Wittenberg. He started studying there in 1550 and became one of Philip Melanchthon's favorite pupils, and he also became a very good friend of Nicholas Selnecker uh, as well. And... Um, 
he received his uh, Master of Arts degree in 1550, and he spent some time lecturing in Wittenberg, and he was called to be a deacon in the city of Regensburg, and uh, he came up against, he, he, he started his ministry right in the middle of the deepest controversies after the death of Martin Luther and before the Book of Concord was published in 1580, and he, uh, he went head-to-head with a, a man who was a controversial figure, Matthias Flacius, and uh, Schalling took Flacius on because there were some things that this man Flacius was saying that, that were not true, even though Flacius eventually proved to be right on many points. But he got himself in trouble, and uh, he had to resign, and then he moved to another city. And uh, interestingly enough, um, he ran into opposition to the Calvinistic views of his political ruler there. Uh, but then later on, when the formula of Concord was finally written, because of Schalling's personal relationship with Philip Melanchthon, his great teacher and mentor, uh, he felt the formula, even though it nowhere names Melanchthon, was still being too hard on the errors of Melanchthon. And so he actually never signed the formula of Concord, which is kind of interesting. And as a result, he got himself uh, put under house arrest, and he, he was uh, basically exiled to his house for, uh, for three years. Um, he did finally... Uh, uh, come back to the pastorate, and he finally uh, lost his eyesight at the end of his life a few years later in the, 15, in the 1580s, and then he died in 1608. So we're going to be going through, as we usually do in our hymn studies, going through this, this hymn stanza by stanza, listening, and then uh, hearing your comments on it. In this first stanza, what should we be listening for in advance? I would say just listen to the prayer that's being prayed at this point. Um, You know, some people might think, well, that's pretty audacious to say to the Lord, I love thee with all my heart. And I think here we just have to understand, this is like some of the Psalms where where David is just inspired to to speak to the Lord about his trust and confidence in Him, uh, this isn't bragging. This is a this is a Christian expressing his fervent trust in his Lord, and uh, so um, just expressing how if the Lord is not with me, if you're not with me, O Lord, then nothing gives me any pleasure. Earth holds no pleasure. Heaven, uh, if you weren't there, would mean nothing to me. And so just this confident trust that nothing can shake. This is what's being expressed in this very first stanza. Here is the first stanza of Lord Thee I Love With All My Heart. Lord Thee I Love With All My Heart, I pray Thee ne'er from me depart. With tender mercy cheer me. Earth has no pleasure I would share. Yea, heaven itself were void and bare if Thou, Lord, wert not near me. And should my heart for sorrow break... My trust in thee can nothing shake. Thou art the portion I have sought. Thy precious blood my soul has bought. Lord Jesus Christ, my God and Lord, my God and Lord, forsake me not. I trust thy word.
The Concordia Seminary Chorus singing stanza one of Lord Thee I Love With All My Heart. Pastor Paul McCain is our guest. Paul, I imagine someone could read and sing this first stanza as pure subjectivity, were it not for two things, I think. Uh, The first of which is it sounds like it is firmly rooted in uh, the theology of the cross and not in some sort of internal feeling of joy or love or a uh, sense of trust in God. Talk about that, if you would. Yes, I I think you have to really look at the words um, that come a few lines into it when it, the uh, Schalling wrote, you know, should my heart for sorrow break, my trust in thee can nothing shake. You know, thou art the portion I have sought, thy precious blood my soul has bought. And there, and there comes the doctrine of justification, that his hope is not he, he's not anchoring his hope on the fact that he loves God so much, but he's saying, I love thee so much because of the blood that you have shed for me. That's the basis for his hope, and that's the basis for his confidence. It's interesting, as they were singing, I was following along in the German, and the very last line in the original German doesn't say, uh, you know, forsake me not, I trust thy word. It basically says, don't leave me confounded, don't leave me in my shame. So that's a reference to, to our sin. And so this is actually a prayer of trust and confidence precisely because of the precious blood that has purchased and won Schalling and anybody who praises him to our Lord. Without that, I mean, without that objective thing there mm-hmm. that remains true in spite of what, how our heart may wander hither and yon, without the, the objective truth of Christ's atoning work for us, um, we really there, there would be no basis for anything other than just kind of wallowing in our own subjectivity, would there? Yeah, right. It would just be a you know a love song to God, however you want to understand Him and however you want to define Him. Now, of course, the 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 line we didn't talk about is this very clear confession confession of Christ as God and Lord. Of course, that reminds us of Thomas's great confession, where he says, "My Lord and my God." And Schalling puts it, you know, "My God and Lord, my God and Lord, Lord Jesus Christ, my God and Lord, my God and Lord." So this is a prayer directly to Christ. Um, and I think that's why it's so important for us to sing this kind of thing. It's our, our hope and our love is all anchored on the shed blood of Christ for our sins. With only about uh, 30 seconds, is it hyperbole for the hymn writer to say, uh, Earth has no pleasure I would share, yea, heaven itself were void and bare if thou, Lord, wert not near me? Nope. <laughs> I guess you want a little more than that. Um, absolutely not. Uh, without Christ, there is no meaning. You know, we're just like the rich fool who acquired things, and this Sunday we're going to hear about that in some of the Bible readings we hear across our churches, that uh, our lives are not defined by our possessions, but they are defined uh, on the basis of our wealth with God, and that wealth is always a treasure given to us through Christ. So without Jesus, nothing's worth it. Pastor Paul McCain is our guest. We're studying our listeners' third favorite hymn, Lord the I Love, with all my heart on this Wednesday afternoon. August the 11th, Pastor Paul McCain is publisher and executive director of editorial for Concordia Publishing House, based in St. Louis. When we come back, we'll turn our attention to the second stanza of this hymn. It is, uh, again, outside of me. These things that uh, the, the confidence, the hope, the anchor, the certainty that the Christian finds in his daily life is always found outside Himself In this life, as we will hear in the stanza to come, this poor life of labor, we still have an anchor upon which our life and our faith is founded, Jesus Christ. 
Stay tuned. Issues Etc. listeners are needed to vote for President of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. Every LCMS congregation has the right to vote through a pastoral and a lay voter, two voters per congregation or parish. Voter registration must be completed by Midnight Central on March 19th of 2023. Request to be a voter at your congregation for President of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. Learn more at issuesetc.org slash 2023 nominations. Church music directors can find a new community at Prelude to Postlude, the CPH Music blog. Learn helpful tips for managing music ministry and involving members, and meet the composers of some of your favorite new pieces. Plus, find suggestions of music to use for special services, and preview some of our newest works with free samples you can use at your church. Visit us at preludetopostlude.org. Truth-Centered Mission Outreach. You're listening to Issues Etc. Memoria Press is a family-run publisher of classical Christian education materials for homeschools and private schools. Every page of the Memoria Press curriculum leads students to a mastery of content, an understanding of the classical heritage of the Christian West, and an appreciation of truth, goodness, and beauty. If you're interested in learning more, visit memoriapress.com and use the coupon code LPR23. Memoria Press, saving Western civilization one student at a time. memoriapress.com. Did you know that Luther Academy has been providing continuing education for confessional Lutheran pastors and laypeople worldwide for more than 20 years? Luther Academy publishes Logia, the confessional Lutheran dogmatic series, and Luther Digest. Find out more about Luther Academy and sign up to receive their free email newsletter at lutheracademy.com. lutheracademy.com and like them on Facebook. facebook.com slash lutheracademy. Welcome back to Issues Etc. I'm Todd Wilkin. We're studying the hymn, Lord Thee I Love With All My Heart, with Pastor Paul McCain on this Wednesday afternoon, August the 11th. Our listeners' third favorite hymn. We took a poll of their favorite hymns, and this one came in third. Pastor Paul McCain is publisher and executive director of editorial for Concordia Publishing House, based in St. Louis. Paul, we've got a new book of the month. It's it's hard to believe that Luther is such a prolific writer that we are still publishing <laughs> volumes of his works in English, still translating and publishing them. Uh, Luther's Works, Volume 69. What can you tell us about it? Well, this is the first volume in the new series of uh, works we are adding to the presently existing American edition of Luther's Works. And uh, it, this is numbered number 69, because that'll be the volume number when all 20 are completed. Uh, this is the first volume we're releasing. It is a volume of sermons, uh, Luther's sermons on the Gospel of John that were not in English before in the original American edition translation, and this just continues his sermons on the Gospel, and it's a it's a wonderful addition to his works. I, I think I enjoy reading his sermons just about as much as anything he he ever did. So, um, yeah, our editor here, Benjamin Mays, and our general editor, uh, Chris Brown, are just doing a phenomenal job on on these translations. This is just 
high-end Luther scholarship, and it's very, very accessible to anybody who's interested. I, I got to know how many volumes will eventually are in are planned for a total production. Well, um, my crazy idea was all Luther, all in English, and then someone gave me some medication to calm me down, <laughs> and they said, "Paul, there's no way we can do that. There's just so much." So I, I, I compromised on 20 more volumes of the American edition. So uh, 20, you know, 20 more big books of Luther materials, and uh, there's even more left to translate. But this is going to add an enormous amount of uh, Luther's works to the English-speaking world, um, particularly works from later Luther, which he was later Luther wasn't as popular in the days that the American edition were being prepared. Our issues, etc. Book of the month for August: Luther's Works, Volume sixty nine, brand new in English. Browse before you buy at issuesetc.org or call Concordia Publishing House one eight hundred three two five thirty forty. Paul, we're talking about this hymn, "Lord, Thee I Love with All My Heart," and many non Lutherans are familiar with this hymn, but how so? Well, anybody who's ever heard Bach's Saint John's Passion, which is one of his most famous and popular works, here's this third stanza of this hymn as the very last chorale piece in that St. John Passion, and it's so powerful when you get to the end of the St. John Passion, but you hear the, the third stanza of this hymn, and a lot of people, that's the first time they've ever heard this hymn, and it's sung with the original tune. Um, in fact, I, if I'm not mistaken, that's the first time I actually heard it. I don't recall singing this when I was growing up with the Lutheran hymnal, but I do remember hearing it for the first time, and I just was haunted by it. I thought, wow, what is that? And I, I you know, then I, then I discovered this hymn, uh, and ever since then, I've fallen in love with it. And I, a lot a lot of non-Lutherans have had that experience. I remember as a, as a young pastor, less familiar with the hymns than I than I am now today, looking fervently for a hymn titled, Lord, Let It Last Thine Angels Come, uh, <laughs> yeah. because I assumed that it had to be a hymn all by itself rather than the the, the last stanza of this right, otherwise right. great exactly. hymn. Exactly. Well, it's interesting. Bach did use this, did use that third stanza in a number of his other cantatas, uh, two, two of which are extant that he wrote for St. Michael's and All Angels, which makes a lot of sense. But uh, this tune was also used sometimes just as an instrumental piece in a couple of his other cantatas. So Bach apparently loved this as well. The second stanza, um, as we will hear, uh, has an affinity with the first article of the creed on God's creation and his giving. Yea, Lord, t'was thy rich bounty gave my body, soul, and all I have in this poor life of labor. Lord, grant that I in every place may glorify thy lavish grace and help and serve my neighbor. Let no false doctrine me beguile. Let Satan not my soul defile. Give strength and patience unto me to bear my cross and follow thee. Lord Jesus Christ, my God and Lord, my God and Lord, in death thy comfort still afford.
Paul, I just find it amazing, and this rarely happens in hymns, but it just shows what a masterwork this is, when a second stanza can perfectly bridge a first and a third the way that this one does. Yeah, it, it really is, and it's, it's, a striking, it's a striking stanza, and uh, someone who has developed Lutheran ears as a result of being catechized in the small catechism will immediately... Uh, here, Luther's explanation of the first article, you know, we say, you know, God, I believe that God has made me in all creatures. He's given me my body and soul and then a whole string of things and all that I have. I mean, this just, this just breathes out the biblical confession of Lutheranism. And here in the middle of this wonderful prayer, you know, you might think, well, you're going to pray that uh, please keep me from this or give me that or give me this or give me that. What this is asking for is actually, you know, don't give me my new car or whatever. I mean, he's not praying for all that. He's saying, above all, um, you've given me everything else. Now, as a result of your grace, please let me continue to praise you by serving my neighbor. So there's a doctrine of vocation. And then the prayer, please don't let me be uh, thrown off by any of Satan's lies through false doctrine. And the original German, I have to compliment the translator, Catherine Winkworth. Sometimes she goofs things up, but I think she did a masterful job trying to put this into English. The original German is making it so clear, though, that he's praying, please, Lord, prevent Satan from taking me captive to false doctrine through his lies. Uh, it's a very strong, strong wording there in, in the original. You know, Satan's murder and lies. I'm defenseless against them. Please protect me from his false teaching. And then it goes on to talk about the Christian life as one where we bear it. We may have to bear a cross. In fact, we always will have to bear a cross patiently. And you will comfort my soul in those moments when I'm feeling particular agony. And so at the end of my life, I'm going to pray, Lord Jesus Christ, in death, your comfort will continue to afford me help and aid. I think it's a, you know, I guess you could argue about it in any of these three stanzas. This this one is just striking. I mean, it's it, it packs so it packs so much theology into such a very short space. It is uh, many Christians would agree that the chief end of man is to glorify God, but this one is more particular than that. That the yeah. chief chief end of man is to glorify God for His lavish grace. Mm -hmm. That's more mm -hmm. specific than simply glorifying God because He is God. Talk about that if you would. Well, it's just, it, it's a very interesting turn of phrase in, in, in the original German, the, the, the uh, Schalling saying, uh, I need to praise you, Lord, because you've embraced me with your grace. You've given me all this grace. And it's very interesting. He's, and why is all this done? It says, for the benefit and service of my neighbor. Whoa, wait a minute. Suddenly, again, you know, you started this conversation by saying, if you think this is a self-centered hymn, it's not. And in the first verse, we have all his love and hope based on the blood that was shed for his soul. And now here he's praising God for all his grace. And the reason he's been given all this grace in this life is to benefit and serve my neighbor. So again, it takes, it takes us right outside of ourselves and pushes us right into real life, into our various vocations and callings in life, where we are going to serve our neighbor. We've received all these blessings from God for the benefit of our neighbor, so we can serve them. And then the prayer is, please don't let me be confused or misled or caught up in Satan's murder and lies. So keep me from all the false teaching that might, that might catch me up, and help me then bear my cross patiently. Um, it's a very realistic view of life, and it's uh, so strongly biblical. Why is false doctrine uh, considered here as one of the chief dangers to the Christian? One minute, Paul. Well, again, um, 
again, in the Catechism, and when we confess what Luther says about the Lord's Prayer, uh, Luther goes out of his way to explain that the greatest misuse of God's name is when someone teaches false doctrine using that name. Because as we think, so we are, and so we live. Um, so even if our outward works might appear holy and good in the, in the eyes of others, if they're not being done as a result of the grace of God in our life, through this blessed teaching we have in His Word, then it doesn't really do us any good or anybody else any good, because it's not based on trust in Christ. And so we never want to be thrown off by Satan's false teaching, which can lead us into all kinds of false understandings of ourselves, about our God, about uh, what he expects of us, what we can always expect from him, which is drawn out, brought, brought out so well in the stanza. God's grace will always be with us, standing with us in the moments of our trials when we bear our cross, and at the end of our life, that comfort will still be with us. When we come back, one more question on stanza two, because the hymn writer here does just cut straight to the chase. There's a lot he could talk about. He talks about the chief concern of false doctrine being led astray by Satan's wiles and deception. But uh, in his fashion, he cuts straight to our real concern, and that is death. That will bring us nicely to the third stanza of this hymn that we're studying with Pastor Paul McCain, publisher and executive director of editorial for Concordia Publishing House, based in St. Louis. Lord, thee I love with all my heart. We'll talk a little bit more about stanza two and then go on to stanza three. In the end of our conversation, we will get Pastor McCain's final thoughts and we'll hear the entire hymn, Lord, thee I love with all my heart. This week on The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, we mosey along in St. Luke's Gospel with The Lost Sons, Part 1, The Lost Sons, Part 2, and The Lost Sons, Part 3, The Dishonest Manager and God and Money. Join me, Pastor Will Whedon, for The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, your daily 15-minute verse-by-verse Bible study on demand. Listen at thewordendures.org or your favorite podcast provider. This fallen creation is bested by tornado, hurricane, flood, pandemic, and more. LCMS Disaster Response helps our congregations, their pastors, and other church workers to reach out to their members and neighbors with mercy, which flows from Christ's altar. We offer quality volunteer training, help for congregational readiness and response, and disaster grant funding. To learn more, visit lcms.org disaster. That's lcms.org disaster. Do you know the fastest growing religious group in the United States? Is it Roman Catholics? Nope. It's not Protestants either. Rather, it's those who mark none on religion's preference surveys. They don't belong to any particular denomination. They still believe in some sort of spiritual being and reality, but they don't believe and don't claim adherence to any particular religious group. The March issue of The Lutheran Witness picks up the question of the nuns. To learn more, visit witness.lcms.org. The Lutheran Witness, helping you interpret the world from a Lutheran perspective. Not everyone is comfortable with new technology. Dial-A Podcast gives all generations of your congregation an easy way to hear your sermons or even devotionals and Bible studies. Once you've completed a simple one-time setup, we take care of the rest. All your congregants have to do is dial the number from any phone to listen to your latest podcast, all at no additional cost to them. Dial-A Podcast. 
extend the reach of your sermons. Get started at dialapodcast.com now. Confessional Lutherans, we've got your back. You're listening to Issues Etc. Thanks to the following congregations for standing with us by becoming an Issues Etc. congregational sponsor. Our Redeemer, Smithfield, Rhode Island. Atonement Lutheran, Glendale, Arizona. Christ the Shepherd Lutheran, Alpharetta, Georgia. Holy Cross Lutheran, Moline, Illinois. Our Redeemer Lutheran, Cedar Falls, Iowa. Hope Lutheran, Highland, Illinois. St. John Lutheran, Paulina, Iowa. Redeemer Lutheran, Mandeville, Louisiana. St. Paul Lutheran, Lockport, Illinois. Trinity Lutheran, San Dimas, California. And Zion Lutheran, Labore, Nebraska. Find out how your confessional Lutheran church can support this worldwide outreach by including Issues Etc. in your mission or advertising budget. Just go to issuesetc.org, click Support Donate, and print a one-page flyer. When your congregation becomes an Issues Etc. sponsor, we'll publicize your church on the podcast, at our website, and in the Issues Etc. journal. We're studying our listeners' third favorite hymn, Lord Thee I Love With All My Heart, on this Wednesday afternoon, the 11th of August. Pastor Paul McCain is our guest. Coming out of stanzas two and heading into the third stanza, third and final stanza, we'll hear the entire hymn in the last segment of the program in this hour. One more question on stanza two, and you mentioned this before briefly, but it ends with, in death thy comfort still afford. There's an awful lot of trouble in life, but this hymn seems to kind of cut to the chase with our real ultimate problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it does. I mean, our culture just wants to put so much distance between ourselves and our ultimate end uh, that, you know, we've insulated ourselves from it in every possible way. Everybody's convinced that if they just take the right pills and do the right things and put the right chemicals on their face, they'll look younger, feel younger, be younger. Uh, we marginalize the elderly. Uh, we, we, we you know, either treat them with contempt or make them the butt of jokes, but we don't respect them because we're all afraid of that. And uh, at the very last uh, moment of our life, when we are literally lying our, on our beds gasping at our last breaths, that's when the ultimate reality hits. And, and at that very moment, then all these comforting promises come into us as perhaps as we lie there thinking about the things we've done wrong, the sins we've committed, that fear of death wells up in us, but the comforting promises of God's Word are so precious to people at those moments, and anybody who's ministered to a person dying will, and I'm sure you can give adequate testimony to this too, Todd, just the, the comforting promises of God's Word are so powerful. The words we've heard our whole lives suddenly take on the, the deepest of meanings and the greatest importance because those are the words of life, and we hear the one who is the life giver restoring us and cleansing us again and promising us eternal life. So um, that's why people love this hymn so much, because particularly at a funeral, wow, there's just hardly any hymn that's any better than this. Is that why you would um, take the last stanza of this hymn before Congre- before the people gathered to mourn the, the death of a loved one? Yeah, it was actually in the agenda that we used back then um, as part of our pre-funeral gathering with the family, and, and we were to, I, I, I would always sing it, actually, um, and I hope I didn't offend anybody with my voice, but they seemed to appreciate it. I, I would just sing this verse, and then we, would, then we would sing the hymn during the funeral service most of the time, and people just loved it. Let's look at the third and final stanza of Lord Thee I Love With All My Heart. Lord, let at last thine angels come. To Abram's bosom bear me home, that I may die unfearing, 
and in its narrow chamber keep my body safe in peaceful sleep until thy reappearing, and then from death awaken me, that these mine eyes with joy may see, O Son of God, thy glorious face, my Savior and my fount of grace. Lord Jesus Christ, my prayer attend, my prayer attend, and I will praise thee without end. There's an obvious biblical reference here to Abram's bosom, bear me home. What does this mean? Well, Jesus told that uh, story about uh, the rich man and Lazarus, and and this is where this thought comes from. It's just a a figure of speech referring to uh, the time between death and the second coming of Christ where we, our bodies, are peacefully sleeping. This is the image that uh, is used throughout the New Testament. You know, Christians are always said to have fallen asleep in the Lord. Now, uh, unfortunately, this has led to some silly notions that upon our death, we are absolutely unaware of anything, and there developed this uh, theory called soul sleep, where um, basically we just go into kind of a spiritual coma until the second coming of Christ. Uh, the, the error on the flip side of that is the thought that the minute we die, we are just uh, immediately uh, translated to heaven and enjoying all the blessings and benefits of, of life eternal in heaven. Um, and, and, and let me clarify what I mean when I say that's not true. The ultimate joy and blessing of heaven is having our souls and bodies uh, reunited. We will receive new heavenly bodies, as St. Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians 15. Um, and that is the full blessing and benefit of, hev- of heaven. And that's referred to in this, in this stanza where it says, Upon your return, I will rest until the last day. And then it, the prayer is, Please awaken me from death at that point. And then with my own eyes... I will see you in all joy. And that's a reference to the, uh, the new resurrected body we have. So um, I, this verse is a beautiful theology. It gets it absolutely right. It's interesting, in, in the original German, uh, the English says, in, in its narrow chamber keep, but the original German says, um, my body in its little bedroom. 
it's, it's a beautiful little image. And again, the, the, the thought is our bodies are resting peacefully and quietly in the Lord's protecting care while our souls are before the altar of the throne of God, as we know in Revelation, rejoicing in his presence, aware uh, of being there in his presence, all looking forward to the great last day when we, we will, body and soul, we will be fully awakened from death and then be with our Lord forever. And so the hymn concludes, you know, Lord Jesus Christ, uh, hear my prayer, hear my prayer, and I will uh, praise you without end. Um, and it's just a, that, that's why, you know, Bach chose this to conclude the St. John Passion, because he wanted to connect the believer to the resurrection of Christ. And this is our prayer in light of our Lord's resurrection, where he has gone, we go, and where he is now, we will be in heaven. It is, it's a beautiful image, but one would wonder, is it, is it kind of a naive image? Someone says, well, death is hardly a peaceful sleep. I mean, to consider what the body does, whether it's been a short time or a long time, does go through after death, hardly can be called a peaceful sleep. How can Christians continue to confess that? Well, I think if you, if you lose sight of the one in whom we have died— then death can only be viewed as something absolutely horrible and tragic. And here, the proper distinction between law and gospel comes into play. We die because we sin. We die because we are sinners. Um, God didn't uh, say, okay, I'm going to send Jesus, and now I'm going to cancel the curse that I gave in the Garden of Eden. That's still in full force. In the day you eat of it, you shall surely die. From that original sin until this very day, unless and until our Lord reappears, and perhaps if we're fortunate enough to be among the generation when he does, all human beings experience the curse of sin, which is death. Death, physical death. Um, and that always shocks a lot of people when, when they first hear it. Wait a minute, you're saying I'm dying because I'm a, sin, a sinful person? I say, yes, absolutely. We, this is the curse of death. This is why our Lord came into this world to crush the head of the serpent, to defeat death, to go through death, to take it on himself, to win everything that we had lost, to win it all back for us. Um, and then when our bodies are, are resting peacefully in Christ, we have to keep our eyes on Jesus Christ. And again, I say, we will go where he has gone. He went into the grave. We go into the grave. But the good news is he went there first. And he came out of the grave first for us, the Son of God. And that's why this constant refrain throughout the hymn, um, Lord Jesus Christ, my God and Lord, my God and Lord, he is God. And therefore, he was able to do all this for us. There's another reference there that these mine eyes with joy may see. The, the, there's kind of a picture of this, they used to call it the beatific yeah. vision, but uh, it has its root in, in Job's uh, prophecy yeah. about the resurrection. Talk about that. Yeah, Job says, you know, I will, uh, I know that my Redeemer lives and I will rise up and see him. It's right out of the Old Testament I image. And, uh, you know, people who say, well, the Old Testament people of God really didn't understand all these things, didn't know all these doctrines. It was all left up until the early church to come up with all this stuff. Absolutely untrue. Uh, Job knew very well the concept of a redeemer was one who had come and put up ransom for someone who couldn't afford something. This is another image in the Bible for the doctrine of justification. There's all kinds of beautiful images, a courtroom setting, a setting of redemption, being redeemed, a setting of victory over sin and death. Um, and this is the image that the, the, the Redeemer comes along and buys us back from the one who has taken us captive, and that's what Jesus did. With only about 30 seconds, you said at the beginning this has a very psalm-like quality to it in its, um, in its content, that there is a desire to praise God for his great uh, grace, and mm -hmm. then 
at the end, it says, I will praise thee without end. With about 30 seconds, your thoughts there. Well, this psalm, uh, some believe it is based on a couple, uh, this hymn, excuse me, is based on a couple psalms, Psalm 18, Psalm 73. And if the listeners have a chance to read those psalms and then think and meditate on this hymn, I think it'll become even more uh, important for them. But the most important thing to be said about this hymn is, and the reason it's so beautiful for us to use, it is a prayer. It is a prayer to Christ, and it covers the waterfront of issues. It deals very realistically with sin and death, but it ends on such a joyful, happy note, because we do know that on the last day, our bodies will be raised. We will enjoy the presence of Jesus Christ in in a way only hinted at in this life as we receive him through word and sacrament. They sustain us through life. But on that last day, there will be no more weeping, no more crying, no more tears, no more pain, no more hurting. It will be pure joy, and the joy is the reality of the presence of Christ. Pastor Paul McCain is our guest for studying the hymn, Lord, Thee I Love With All My Heart. You'll find the text of this hymn at issuesetc.org. Click Listen On Demand. We'll be right back. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Things above, that's the theme for this year's hymn sing at the Issues Etc. Making the Case Conference. The bridegroom soon will call us. Jerusalem the golden, wake awake for night is flying, and a whole bunch more. You don't want to miss it. Making the Case is Friday, June 16th, and Saturday, June 17th at Concordia University, Chicago. Learn more at issuesetc.org. When defending a biblical doctrine or practice, have you ever been accused of not caring for the lost? I've written a column in the latest issues, etc. journal titled Playing the Mission Card. We'll send it to you for free. Just click the red subscription button in the right-hand column at issuesetc.org. In the Wittenberg Trail feature, Jeremy Lamont recounts his slow and sometimes painful path out of Mormonism to the Lutheran Confession. The free online issues, etc. journal, issuesetc.org. Expert guests, expansive topics, extolling Christ. You're listening to Issues Etc. One of the greatest treasures in the Lutheran Church is the Lutheran Confessions, but it has not always been that way. From June 1st to the 3rd, Concordia University Chicago is hosting a seminar on the role of the confessional documents in the 19th century confessional revival. We invite you to come and learn about the recovery of the Lutheran Confessions through lectures and workshops, along with opportunities for prayer and fellowship. For more information, please visit cuchicago.edu slash confessionalism seminar. Many educational institutions are governed by the whims of culture and are increasingly hostile to the Word of God. In contrast, Faith Lutheran School in Plano, Texas, provides classical Lutheran education rooted in God's Word for students preschool through grade 12. Simply put, we equip students to stand firm in the faith through solid education focused on wisdom and virtue. We offer in-person instruction as well as live online classes for remote learning. To learn more, visit flsplano.org, flsplano.org. Ten more minutes in our study of our listeners' third favorite hymn, Lord Thee I Love With All My Heart. Pastor Paul McCain is our guest, publisher and executive director of editorial for Concordia Publishing House, based in St. Louis. 
Paul, we're going to hear the entire stanza here in just a moment, but a few final thoughts from you. Uh, there seems to be a theme of God's presence, uh, whether it be his presence with us here in this life or his presence with us in the life to come. Talk about, um, and this is, I think, something that Christians often misunderstand. They think about the presence of Christ in terms of um, Jesus in my heart or Jesus' spiritually ineffably, intangibly present with us, they kind of hope for the best when it comes for the presence of God. Do we have more than that in Scripture? Yes, and I would say here we need to just gently help people understand that their striving for the sensation of a presence is not the goal or not the purpose. Where and when God gives us those moments, and I always call them mountaintop experiences with Him, we all have them, when they come, thank God for them. They come, they go, but that's not the anchor in our life. The anchor in our life is the objective promise of God's Word, specifically the good news promises from our Lord and Savior Jesus. And when Jesus says, I am with you always, even to the close of the age, and keep in mind, he said that only a few weeks after he had given them his body and blood in the Lord's Supper. And to this very day, whenever and wherever the Lord's Supper is being celebrated, that is the most realistic, concrete fulfillment of his promise to be with us always. He is there with us, with his body and blood, giving us that body and blood as an assurance, sign, token, promise, guarantee of a, a, a fulfillment of everything he's done for us. We receive that body and blood under the bread and wine, and truly, we confess Christ is present under that bread and wine. And so there's a very realistic presence of, of uh, Christ that, that we can experience. And then as a result of that, um, yes, the Holy Spirit dwells within us as a result of the power of the Word, but it's always anchored in the objective realities of the means by which God connects us to the work of Christ. We call those the means of grace, when God gives us this grace through the Word and through His sacraments. So, with only about 30 seconds, this would probably make a good Holy Communion hymn. Oh, sure. I mean, uh, yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a beautiful hymn for that purpose. Um, yeah, it's it just for all occasions. Well, this is our listeners' third favorite hymn, Lord Thee I Love With All My Heart.
the Concordia Seminary Chorus performing Lord Thee I Love with All My Heart. Paul, your final thoughts on this great hymn? Well, just a number of thoughts that, that, that we've shared today. But again, to underscore, I, you know, the first verse helps us understand that wherever Jesus is not, we don't want to be there. We want to be wherever Jesus is. And the good news is Jesus is always with us according to his word and according to his sacraments. Um, and the uh, hymn writer uh, as a blogger noted, I was re- getting ready for this show, I had a very interesting thought, a nice thought. He said, you know, heaven's not such a great place uh, just because God's there visibly, um, but it's because of all the riches that he gives us in this in, in this life that he's going to bring us into the presence of his son, Jesus Christ, and we're going to have full communion with the Holy Trinity. That's why heaven's so great. Uh, and as a result, that's why we have such joy in heaven. And that's why we... We go to church because we want to be where Christ is gathering us around himself, around his word and sacraments. And so the first uh, stanza of the hymn is, is rejoicing in this wonderful blessing. And then we move into the second stanza, acknowledging that everything that we're given, uh, we are given through Christ. And it's, I love the way the author connects our the gifts we're given uh, from Christ to our lives of service to one another, to our lives of service of our neighbor. And then we pray that you know that we will not be misled away from the great truths of God's word, which are our very lifeline to our Lord through false doctrine. Um, so wherever we are in this life, we are reaching out with the gospel and our calling and our vocation, wherever the Lord gives us opportunity. Um, and this is never separated or divorced from pure doctrine. It is a result of the pure doctrine that we have in God's Word. And then, of course, the third stanza, which uh, most everybody's familiar with, as you said, I did the same thing once, trying to look up, yeah, where's that uh, Angels Come hymn? You know, uh, this is the third stanza of this beautiful hymn. And uh, here we just have a confession of what's happening when we die. And, and to what we look forward uh, on the last day when we will with utter joy see our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, it's almost as if you can hear a trumpet playing as, as that last stanza is being sung. It, the, the, the trump will sound, all the dead will rise, we'll all be caught up with the Lord in the air, and we'll go to live with him forever. So um, this is just a wonderful hymn that's uh, uh, useful for all occasions. It's a beautiful hymn to meditate on, e- e- even if you can't sing it or you don't have a chance to hear the music. So uh, we are richly blessed by the gift that Pastor Martin Schalling gave us and the gift that our Lord gave us through the work of Pastor Schalling. Pastor Paul McCain is publisher and executive director of editorial for Concordia Publishing House, based in St. Louis. Paul, thanks for being with us. My pleasure. Next week on Issues Etc., we'll study the hymn Lord of Our Life with Pastor Will Whedon. We'll talk with Jill Duggarvulo about her journey out of Bill Gothard fundamentalism, and we'll discuss Roman Catholicism, the Fourth Commandment, and venerating Mary with Dr. Stephen Parks. I'm Todd Wilkin. Thanks for listening. Listen weekday afternoons to Pastor Todd Wilkin and guests on Issues Etc. Issues Etc. is a listener-supported program. Your financial support is vital for the continuation and expansion of this worldwide outreach. Our mailing address, Issues Etc., P.O. Box 83, Collinsville, Illinois, 62234. Box 83, Collinsville, Illinois, 62234. You can also donate at our website, issuesetc.org. Issues Etc. is a production of LPR, Lutheran Public Radio.
Lutheran Talk. The cause of our salvation doesn't lie within us, but instead it lies outside of us, namely in the mercy of our God who sends his Son to live and die and rise again for us. Lutheran Music. Listen anytime, anywhere with the Lutheran Public Radio mobile app. Download for iPhone, Android, and Kindle at issuesetc.org. Hi, this is Pastor Clayton from Zion Lutheran Church of Muscoota, Illinois, a proud supporter of Issues Etc. Zion is a congregation firmly grounded in God's grace given in the Word and Sacraments where we treasure the timeless beauty of the liturgy. Zion is also a vibrant, young, family-friendly congregation where you would be warmly welcomed. Zion is located at 101 South Railway Street in Muscoota, Illinois, and we would love to share God's gifts of grace with you. For more information, please visit our website at zionmuscoota.com. College Preparation Station in Maryville, Illinois, offers ACT, SAT, and PSAT test prep, scholarship application classes, college and career counseling, and more. Hi, this is Lori Konsky, president of College Preparation Station. We have helped our students obtain more than $7 million in tuition scholarships in 12 years. Find out more at cpsprep.com. Let us help you create a vision and find your future. The College Preparation Station in Maryville, Illinois, cpsprep.com. I am beautiful because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am accepted because I'm a part of his family through Jesus' shed blood. Unity Lutheran School in East St. Louis, Illinois, shines the light of Christ in one of the most impoverished cities in America. Learn how to support their mission work at unityesl.org. Unityesl.org. Today, with the help of the Holy Spirit, I say yes to God in His ways. The substitute organist service has been a great blessing for our worship life here at Christ the King Lutheran in Riverview, Florida. Pastor Kevin Yoakum on the substitute organist service. Now our organ plays rich liturgical music every single Sunday, and it's very affordable. You pick the hymns, you pick the liturgies. It's very simple. Just know when to push play. You can find out more about the Substitute Organist Service at churchmusicsolutions.com, churchmusicsolutions.com.